Glad you could join us today. My name is Daniel Cavanaugh, and I'm here with my dad, Charles. This is Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We're in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And Christmas, at least the Christmas season, is upon us. And with that comes changing weather, and with that comes health. <laughs> right. We, uh, as, as our listeners need to know, our voices will be very uh, deep. Yeah, I'm probably and, not even recognizable today. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of sickness, plus this episode will be released later than normal because of that. But we're doing it, um, and what we want to focus on over the next four weeks here as we lead up to Christmas, as we anticipate Christmas, is we want to talk about an Old Testament Christmas. Today we're going to focus on just two aspects of that. There are four aspects that we want to look at. One being, um, or I should say, one being anticipation, one being assurance, one being uh, the authority, and then the adoration of Christmas. Today we're just going to focus on the anticipation and the assurance. Where our passage will be coming from Isaiah 9 and the prophecy there by Isaiah of the coming child that would then die for the sins of the people. And uh, so that's what we want to focus on today is the anticipation and the assurance. But by way of introduction, um, we have these four words that sum up the concepts behind Christmas, especially within the Old Testament. But these are ideas and concepts that are found in the Old Testament and should grip our imagination and our conscience. So many times we look at it as the present here and now. But right. we fail to see the perspective of those who were foreseeing such things. Um, and we don't want Christmas just to be emotional, but conscientiously spiritual with awe and worship. So that's really the, the whole purpose of why we do this anyway. Right. Is to produce worship within our hearts. Right. Um, so first of all, Christmas would not have been in the imagination of any of the Old Testament times. Right. They, <laughs> uh, even our first century Christian brothers and sisters would not have known what we meant by Christmas. No. It came later and it was added and we right. have to admit that. Yeah. And there was obviously we know as very well there was pagan influences upon right. that. Right. Um, but Christmas in its truest sense in the celebration of Christ himself is foreseen in the prophets of old. And so, um, and we'll say this before, but instead of having this, you know, 2020 hindsight view, we're going to try to somehow take a step back and see what it would have been like to foresee this. Um, you know, we hold dear Christmas, uh, what we hold dearest Christmas, I should say, was in the eternal counsel of God himself. Yes. Okay, before all of this even happened. Yes. Um, and they were looking forward to an event that we would later refer to as Christmas. So by way of introduction, I hope that sets the stage <clears throat> right. for what we hope to accomplish, but what we're calling an Old Testament Christmas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with all of that said, with that stage kind of laid there, let's jump in here and look at this first aspect that we want to look at today, and the anticipation of Christmas. When we say that in the context of Isaiah 9, 6-7, what are we talking about? What are we anticipating? There? Well, what would they have been anticipating? There's probably no better place to... There are other places in the Old Testament that deal with the coming of Christ. In particular, that seminal prophecy to Eve, and then prophecies in the Psalms and other places. But so Isaiah does a, 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 it's funny to say it this way, he does a good job of preparing us for, for Christmas. Right. Uh, yeah, well, I guess he did. Because <laughs> he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right, right. If you look at Isaiah 9, 
And <clears throat> I always think of Handel's Messiah. This is one of the pieces in Handel's Messiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And so you see this, and maybe we see more anticipation than they did, maybe not, but I think certainly Isaiah and those who would have been of the remnant of believers would have seen something of anticipation. They wouldn't have known all that they were anticipating. Right. But they would have known there was something here. Well, you kind of give twofold anticipation here, and we kind of have to look at these simultaneously. One is anticipating the child of Christmas. Another is anticipating the Christ of Christmas. We can't really separate those two because they, in some ways there's one and the same, but, but the reason we separate them is unto us a child is born is a reference to his humanity, right. and unto us a son is given is a reference to his deity. Right. Uh, we're going to look at another passage, Isaiah 7, later on in this series. And uh, behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall bring forth a son. Well, that was referring to something that was going to happen right then. Right. It was a sign of something that was going to happen right then, but it was also a sign of a promise of something that was going to happen later. And this that's much the same case here, is that Isaiah's preparing the remnant to anticipate something beyond their certain their present circumstances. Right. So, uh, which, in some respects, is not much different than now. Um, you know, I mean, in some respects, we're still anticipating the coming of Christ again. We, right. we are sure of the fact that He came and died for us, right. which is what they were looking to. So, so when He says unto us, a child is born. Uh, the sense of anticipation that there's there is a special child, a special man, is coming, and and it is his humanity referred to there. It would not have been enough to say a child is born, right? Without saying a son is given, right? Because the fact that a child is born gives us the humanity what the Levitical law would have referred to as a goel, a kinsman redeemer, right? Well, it was emphasized in the book of Ruth as a kinsman redeemer, which was necessary, which was a picture of what we needed, a kinsman, to come. Well, it's also a reference back, or I should say, to what was promised to Eve at creation, or just after creation. Right. Um, and after the fall, that there would be someone who would come to bruise the heel of the serpent. Right. She would have a descendant. So you see, well, she thought she would have that child. No pun intended, <clears throat> and not trying to be disrespectful here, but a snowball effect here of something that's just rolling and picking up steam it, here. What it does. Yeah. Because originally, um, Eve would have. You get the impression she thought that was going to happen right then. Right. She, well, and I'm sure most people thought they was anyway. And, they were always looking for it. And there was this anticipation. Well, then you go all these years and it doesn't happen. Now Isaiah is renewing the anticipation. A child is born. Right. Unto us a son is given. There is the Christ. The anticipation of Christ. That's what they were looking forward to. A Messiah. A Christological figure. A Messianic figure. A mm -hmm. person who would fulfill all the promises and pictures of salvation in the, in the Old Testament. You know, I think by way of application, which we'll see more as we finish up here on these first two points, is this idea of anticipation is in Christmas, the celebration that we have now. We anticipate the day, the 25th. We anticipate what we're going to get 
present wise. We anticipate a time with family. We anticipate all those parties and stuff with friends that we have. All those things we anticipate. And I think when we go through that, we should be reminded of what the prophets anticipated. And in some ways place ourselves so that it produces a heart of worship and praise that we have what was promised. You know, and, and I think that that's what that purpose was originally intended for. You yeah, know. I, I certainly our temporal anticipation ought to do something to stir and to remind us of the spiritual and mm-hmm. biblical anticipation of Christmas. Okay, so we have the anticipation. We're obviously looking at what produces worship and awe in us by what the Old Testament prophets were talking about here. So to not only anticipate it, but let's look at insurance. They were assured of something. They, there is the insurance, uh, or assurance, I should say, of Christmas that should encourage and strengthen and challenge our hearts. Yeah, it's interesting that all of this is spoken with, with prophetic authority. For unto us a son is born, a child is given, and his uh, the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called certain things. There well, as you said before we came on, this prophecy is spoken of in present tense. Mm-hmm. Even though we're looking to something ahead, right. they're very sure of this. Yeah, it is interesting that you would speak of something that's going to be several hundred years later in the present tense. But the prophet is is assuring the people of God of something to come. It's interesting, they may not see it. Right. But it is going to happen. The the work of God, the will of God, is based upon the word of God. And really that's what we can say here. There's an assurance of God's word. God has spoken that this child, this Christ is coming, the son is coming, that his will will be accomplished. Don't you know? When you think back through the history of God's people, from the time of Adam and Eve, then to Moses, to a lot Abraham, of years. What's that? A lot of years. It was, and here we, they are, and it still hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we think, is Jesus ever coming back? Right. Look, I mean, it's been two thousand years since yeah. he left. And you think about it, it was four hundred years after the last prophecy, known prophecy. Right. So to when he actually came. Yeah. It was, yeah. There was a period of silence. Yeah. Yeah. What what uh, one has called the silence of God, mm. that intertestamental period. So then you think about Adam, Mary and Joseph, mm. and them being approached by the angel of the Lord. I can't, I, it's hard. Like, it overwhelms me when I think about that. Yeah. You know. Just think if, if uh, an angelic figure appeared to you and said, um, get your house in order. You're it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Jesus is coming in 10 days. Now, whatever needs to happen in those next 10 days, uh, or maybe they lay out, these are the things I want you to do in the next 10 days. And, we, you know, that would be amazing. Now, I'm not saying we would expect something like that. I'm just simply saying right. it would still be amazing. It was amazing for them. So here the people of God have been looking for 4,000 years or so, mm. you know, and then Christ comes. Even now we're at, what? Uh, 3,300 years since since creation and and Isaiah says <laughs> people of God you know there, were, there was only a small remnant right. of Jews who were true believers most of them were idolatrous right. most of them were not, not true believers oh they had a head knowledge of all the stuff but they didn't know and so uh, Isaiah is assuring them 
that the word of with by the word of God, that the will of God and the work of God will be accomplished. Well, you know, we want to transform our worldly uh, view of Christmas into a more biblical view of Christmas, and I think by looking at the Old Testament and what we're seeing here in Isaiah nine helps us do that. Because what we want to do, because is see stuff versus, or I should say, substance versus stuff. Yeah. Promises versus presence. Not to alliterate too much, yeah. but this concept that we're fighting against here. Though the stuff we get at Christmas is supposed to be a sign of what was to come in a prophetic right. sense in the Old Testament, right. Christmas-wise. We don't look at it that way anymore. It's more selfish, more selfish more driven. More just fun to get. You know? Right. So I think we have to transform our thinking, and I think looking at Isaiah is doing that. This assurance that he gives us. I mean, if they can be assured with all that was bleak then, why can't we be assured of what's going on? <clears throat> yeah. Think of, think of the sense of security we have when we can go buy a bunch of presents and we can put up a lot of stuff. And I'm not against them. I, we do it. I mean, you know, we've done it all our lives. Right. But, but our assurance, our sense of security is not in those things. It's not in how many presents we can buy or if we can buy any. Right. But in the, the fact that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform his work. And that's true today, just as it was during the day of Isaiah. Well, I, th- I think it's interesting. You look at all, there's kind of a pattern. The bleakness of the time in which these prophecies came. The smallness of those who actually followed Christ or the num- in numbers-wise. Mm-hmm. You look at the humble nature by which Christ did eventually come. It's so opposite into our own human mind and hearts of what we think should be. Right. To us, a king comes riding in right. a, you know, a, a throng of glory. Yeah. And yeah. he did, but it's so opposite. Our, our wisdom is counter to God's wisdom. Our thoughts are counter to his thoughts. It's this it we don't think the way God thinks. No. And, but, so, we, so, so at the very least, before we move on to our next session, which will come next time, but... But this anticipation, this assurance should come not based on our present circumstances or the amount of presence we get or can buy, but on the reality of God's word, the assurance of his truth, that his will will be performed. This is what we should be reminded of Mm. as we celebrate Christmas. Amen. And just by reminding our listeners, next week we will look at the authority of Christmas and the adoration of Christmas. But this week, rest your hearts and your minds on anticipation and assurance that comes from this passage in Isaiah 9. Amen. Amen. And we wish you a Merry Christmas until we see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you next week. Crosstalk is a production of Vision for Living Ministries. This is a free resource, but if you would like to support us, you can do so by visiting visiting visionforliving.org forward slash support. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website where you will find other resources, including our blog. You can also find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash B4L. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at visionforliving.org or send us a message on Facebook. Join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.